Hi guys, and thank you for joining and checking in on the new Tell Me A Time podcast. I'm really enjoying making these and I'm super excited to say that this podcast we're joined by my friend and ex-colleague, uh, Nikki. Super exciting for me because Nikki initially did a blog post for me, which was one of our first posts in Canada, the first time I realised how cool the space and how much potential the Tell Me Time space has. She was very honest in her writing, which was titled Could You Tell Me A Time You Felt Self-Love? And in this podcast we kind of discuss and just pull things that she mentioned within that post and just discuss them a little bit further. We talk about where she's come from in the past year, kind of things and experiences that she's learning from, uh, her experience with uh, stopping drinking alcohol. We've both been sober for a year now and we kind of just discuss how that's affected our headspace and the positives that we've kind of taken away from not drinking. So I just want to take a minute to thank Nikki for being so honest. I really enjoyed recording the podcast with her and I really hope that some people can take away anything that they can maybe relate with. Uh, so please do enjoy just before we play my conversation with Nikki. I just want to say a thank you also to everyone that has been listening and interacting with the blog space and the podcast. It's really exciting that some of you have been reaching us out on our Instagram profile and that can be reached at Tell Me A Time Official on our Instagram. You can also send us an email at tellmeatimeoutlook.com and then obviously our blog space with all the information about what we do and the donations and the charities that we support can be viewed at www.tellmeatime.com and uh, yeah, you can reach our socials and our email and all our information's there. So without further ado, please enjoy this podcast and let us know what you think. If you related to what we said, if you have something that maybe we could have added or we could explore more in the future, just let us know. So please do enjoy. Hello. Hi Nikki. Hiya. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to Tell Me Times podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Me too. Me too. I was thinking, um, can you hear me all right? Just perfectly. Perfectly grand. I was thinking the last time I saw you was during Edinburgh Festival, I think. Um, so now everything's a bit different since since then with everything that's going on yeah yeah that was the last time it's a lot has changed a lot has changed and it's all a bit different now Edinburgh Festival's not even happening this year yeah 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 every I I feel like the world is a completely different place now to the one we were in even three months ago so it's the what's the word apocalypse it's all different (laughs) 
<laughs> well, maybe not apocalypse, but yeah, it's definitely a new normal, isn't there? Yeah, new normal for sure. But you're in London at the moment. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Very lucky to have somewhere to stay here. So, yeah, always well. Yeah. Um, you were doing yoga this morning, weren't you? I was. So yeah. I'm hoping that this isn't going to stress you out too much after <laughs> a morning of zenfulness. Yeah, having a good wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. So I think I wanted to get you on one of the initial podcasts because uh, you did a really special post for the blog, um, which was on self-love but I guess just before we get into pulling out some of the things you wrote about and things I thought we could kind of just briefly touch on what your background's been in possibly since leaving university um, like career-wise what you've been up to. So um, after I left university, I jumped on a plane and went to Southeast Asia, spent six years teaching in a primary school there, um, teaching English as a foreign language. Um, And it was great. Um, Really, really loved that and loved having the travel time. Um, And then I came back to the UK in 2016 and I um, worked with an educational charity. Again, a job I absolutely adored. Um, I really enjoyed it and um, was very passionate about it, um, supporting volunteers overseas. So, um, yeah, it was an amazing job, amazing experience. Um, but <laughs> I um, was the classic put everything you possibly have into something and then realizing there's nothing left for anything else so I had a bit of a breakdown um in gosh when was it 2018 Mm. yes 2018 um I was off work sick for about six weeks with stress um and um I just decided that I couldn't go back and I needed time to heal and get better because I really wasn't in a good place so since then have kind of been learning a lot about myself actually and um, about what I want in life and what's important to me and um, what I'm capable of and so yeah been a bit of a journey. Yeah exactly and I think um, one of the my initial reaction when reading your your blog post was how surprised I was like I don't know if you can remember this but when I met you I was coming on as like a summer staff uh, Mm -hmm. intern for the education organization and I came into the office all nervous and shy and uh, went to shake your hand like trying to impress the colleagues and you like stood up and you were like no babe not happening and gave me the biggest hug and like (laughs) just seemed like the most bubbly loving character um lovely girl so I was so um so surprised when you wrote about some of the things that we'll go into and I guess that's part of the uh part of the situation is that you never really know what's going on behind closed doors or what's in someone's head if they're kind of putting on a 
brave face. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of people, myself included, actually, um, didn't realise quite how bad I was until it was at a, a critical point. Um, and also, I think if you have got one of these um, bubbly, outgoing personalities, it's very easy for everyone to think that you just are really confident and mm-hmm. um, everything that you do is yeah, seemingly easy um, when actually behind the scenes you're an absolute wreck. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, um, I think... I think for me, that's something that's really special about the Tell Me A Time blog is reading different people's experiences and recognising that whilst you might have wildly different life experiences, that the way that you feel is perfectly normal and that there are a lot of people who feel the same way as you. Um, And that's why I love, I love, I subscribe to the blog and I love getting an email saying that there's a new experience because there's someone else that I can potentially feel a connection with and I, I love that I really I really love it it's special yeah I think I think that's what initially excited me about starting up the blog wanting to because I think in my own personal mental health I've felt very alone um when really everyone's got their own stuff going on uh and it's not the case at all like everyone's got their own story yeah. and everyone's feeling similar similar feelings um but yeah I guess to just get into your blog post which was titled could you tell me a time you felt self-love um in the first line you say uh it's impossible to talk about uh the journey of self-love without facing up to what came before and that was Mm self-loathing um I was wondering if you could like maybe go in a bit of detail of how that self-loathing manifested itself. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know, I've never, I feel like I had a bully in my head who was just really horrible to me, (laughs) and only me, Um, super critical of, of myself and what I was doing, that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't thin enough, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't pretty enough, my friends weren't really my friends, Um, I wasn't actually that good at my job, that I was letting people down, that I wasn't a good enough daughter or sister or grandchild and just all of these um, these things that are actually crap. (laughs) Um, But I was just being really horrible to myself. And I think that it's really common to be extremely critical of oneself, to only focus on the negatives and seemingly not be able to see any of the positives. Um, And I was in a real state of self-loathing. And I still experience self-loathing. I still have that. I still have moments where I have to stop myself and (laughs) like say, what? Why? Why would you be? So why are you horrible? feeling like that? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Would or you why are you thinking something? that way? Yeah. Just stop myself. Like, whoa, 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 girl. Like, who? Who is this person, and why are you telling me that this nonsense? And kind of recognizing that, I think, has been, yeah, part of the journey. I think that's so part of it, though, is actually recognizing that. Why am I having these thoughts of self-doubt or self-criticism? Where's that coming from? Yeah. And once you recognize that or 
kind of um, manage it in a healthier way, mm-hmm. then you kind of, as soon as you can do that, the thoughts inside your head and the demons are like lessened or feel less powerful, I guess. Yeah, it's about, I suppose, trying to be a bit more logical about it. Okay, what evidence is there that you are a bad person? What evidence do you have to back these things up? You do you don't have any, you're making this up, this is nonsense, mm-hmm. um, and you have evidence the contrary, and, um, you know, you're trying your best, and, and you're working hard, and... Make it more rational. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because as I said, like, you came across, like, as someone that's super confident, um, and a very loving caring genuine girl and um my time spent on summer staff like we had some conversations which at the time like I was going through uh, a breakup with a long-term girlfriend Mm -hmm. and um you seemed genuinely like you you really cared Uh, because I'm sure sure you did care yeah but I was kind of wondering what the difference is between putting an energy to caring about the people around you, maybe because it is easier than caring for yourself. So I guess the question is, um, like, what's the difference between giving out loads of love and caring about other people than forgetting about to, uh, forgetting to care for yourself? Yeah, I think it's, it can, it, it feels easy and natural to show compassion for someone else because you can relate to someone's pain perhaps or, or you want to help, you have that, that feeling, that sense that you want to help someone. Um, I think showing love and care for someone else comes very natural to us as human beings. Um, I think that self-love and showing compassion to yourself is so much harder it's it's so much more radical um and it takes a lot more work because you're with yourself all the time you're supporting this person constantly you're um you can't escape it um it's not a case of kind of dipping in showing support giving someone a hug and then off you go it's 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 long term and it's it's hard going when the person that you're trying to support who's yourself is so negative um, and really, really hard on themselves. And um, yeah, it can just be, I think self-love is tricky. It's really, really hard. Takes takes work. Yeah, it, it really does. And, um, and it, it's still something I'm learning now. It's still something mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm, you know, I've been kind of working on this for a couple of years now. Um, and I'm, I'm still very much a novice trying to be kind to myself and, and, and make choices and um, set boundaries that are going to be good for me. And I think that it's very easy to feel like if you're not helping someone else, if you're not supporting someone else, that you you don't really matter. That mm-hmm. if you're not able to help someone, then you don't you don't really work as a human person and, and a human being. And I think because 
the role I was in was a very supportive one and I've always tried to support friends and family and I think that part of this self-acceptance and showing myself compassion has been accepting that I don't need to be helping someone to validate myself that yeah doing something for myself saying no to someone else is allowed and is okay yeah. and is healthy and um I think it's those things so they seem sorry they seem, they seem kind of counterintuitive but to, okay so to help myself I have to be selfish well actually yeah <laughs> for a little while you have to give yourself space part of I think part of the process is then you get to a stage where you have helped yourself enough that you're able to give to someone else and but you need to be at a stage where you can give to someone else I think I think you need to love yourself enough before you can give and doing things like volunteering or doing something meaningful can be a really really good way of helping yourself but yeah there has to you have to have a balance I think and I, I think you have to set boundaries and be realistic about what you're capable of yeah I literally can relate so much because the previous job that I was in um I was finding myself having to finding myself that I was people pleasing constantly mm-hmm. um but then that would just either get me more like down or feel that I wasn't able to give time for myself which was one that was just exhausting because I was ending up doing silly amount of hours within the the work environment and also just I was starting to feel like well if I don't do uh, these extra things that are asked of me or whatever it is then I'm a I'm a bad yeah, person. I'm letting people um, down. Which yeah, exactly letting letting people mm-hmm. down, which is like a vicious mm-hmm. a vicious circle. Mm-hmm. And it's like what you're saying, just finding that balance yeah. of um being able to look after yourself but also sensibly and rationally look after the people around you. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of yeah on that that point especially if you're in any kind of supportive role I I spoke to a um a therapist um when I was really not well um the organization I worked with helped me organize some some counseling sessions and they were really useful and he said to me your your bucket is full you have reached capacity you have taken on so much you have absorbed so many different emotions and experiences of other people you've taken so much on that you have nothing left for yourself whatsoever and you actually have nothing left for anyone else at all you're at complete capacity and so you're actually mm-hmm. incapable of helping anyone right now but yourself included because you've just taken too much on and I wish that I had and I think more people need to know or, or recognise that there are signs and signals that you're kind of get, reaching tipping points within, within your work, within your job, that burnout exists and that it's 
it's yeah. something which um, so many people experience and actually not many people talk about it. Um, and I think kind of, yeah, things like the blog, opening up this kind of dialogue, talking about it is really important and accepting that it, it, it happens and it shouldn't and it needn't. But we push and push and push ourselves when actually we really need to be practicing that self-compassion and, and self-love by having boundaries. Because that's when our best selves will probably like manifest because uh, when, we're, when we're less stressed, if that's like work or family life or whatever it may be, if you can't do any of this because you're stressed yeah an emotional bucket is completely yeah. full then you're never gonna be able to fully excel in whatever yeah, the, those parts of your life are I guess absolutely um I think also it's important to think about like uh think ways of emptying the stress bucket totally. like talk about for myself like some um I've got my own stress bucket and if I don't have the things like I think about drilling holes into the stress bucket with like exercise or reading or whatever it is um and it's super important acknowledging giving you giving yourself that time is super super important because it empties it out and you can have a better focus on your work or whatever your lifestyle may be and that is that is a that is self-love that is showing yourself you know self-compassion it's it's taking time out and you know yeah making sure that you make time in the day to go out for a walk and do something that actually clears your head and makes you feel happy or go for a run or these little things before you reach tipping points before it's full I love that analogy of drilling holes in a bucket it's yeah that's that's brilliant um and yeah it's it's really really important and I guess that kind of leads us into my next question which was you kind of mentioned in your blog post about being critical on your body appearance Mm -hmm. and your own ability Mm -hmm. uh within work etc and I was kind of wondering how this self-critique has changed over the past couple of years and what's helped you uh have a more self-loving mindset I guess oh do you know what (laughs) I've had to be really extreme with myself so I one of the things one of my I suppose red flags that I'm not okay um is that exercising becomes obsessive um Mm -hmm. exercise and kind of things like calorie counting um and um just kind of I suppose it's an element of control where you feel like you're losing it elsewhere um it doesn't feel as logical as that in in the moment it just feels like I'm doing this for me to make time for me when actually it's 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 not at all it's kind of a form of self-harm really um and I stopped exercising. I couldn't exercise for, yeah, over a year pretty much because I was so afraid that I would slip into that obsessive, how many calories have I burned in this workout? Um, 
how hard was it how hard did I push myself um what am I now going to be able to eat or kind of what kind of equating exercise with food um rather than anything yeah which is so easy to oh do. my gosh yeah especially when there are apps like um god what's that awful word I had to delete it it's like my fitness app or something which kind of tells you how many calories you've burned and therefore what the deficit is and how much food you can now eat and you log all the calories that you eat it's it's, for anyone who is um someone who likes numbers and statistics perhaps and who is quite critical of themselves and likes to meet goals it's just a disaster waiting to happen um if your goal is to lose weight and now suddenly I found myself crying because I was really hungry but I wanted a banana and I knew it was 89 calories and I didn't want to have 89 calories added on it like ridiculous (laughs) ridiculous yeah that now Uh I recognize is ridiculous um but I had to do things like um completely stop weighing myself um I'm able to exercise now again, which is so good. Um, and I love it because I, I really enjoy working out. It makes me feel good. And I'm concentrating so hard on breathing <laughs> and doing the yeah. moves correctly or um, whatever that I, I'm not thinking about anything else. It's just a moment of clarity. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, one of my, it's one of my drills. Um, so for, for, that, for that bucket. To empty yeah. out your bucket. Yeah. So what what kind of exercise are you doing? Are you doing your yoga? Yeah, so the yoga, I've, I've, I was always kind of like, oh, I know yoga's good for me, but boring. Um, don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> sort of just breathing and stretching and stretching that is actually quite hard. Um, and I can't just mm. do it straight away. Um, it's something that you've got to work out. But I've really, I've been really, really enjoying it. I've only actually been doing it since lockdown. Um, but I've yeah. really enjoyed it. And lockdown obviously has changed the way everything works. Um, but yeah, also kind of just doing, I, I started going to the gym again. Um, I spent about three months living in Yorkshire, um, just earning some money and um, working with a friend. And I joined the gym there as a way to kind of meet other people. And um, I thought, right, if I've got classes um, to go to, I won't be kind of sat in the house. I won't come home from work and then sit in the house. It'll give me something to do. It'll give me a bit of a purpose. And I absolutely loved it. I loved having a bit of order in my life after not really having that um, for a long time. And I loved this kind of social aspects of it. And I was going to all the classes. um, But what was really great was that none of them measured calories. (laughs) Nothing was measuring calories. There were no measurements anywhere. I wasn't measuring my waist. I wasn't weighing myself. I wasn't... What I was doing, rather, was measuring how fast I could do things. How many reps am mm. I actually able to get into this now? Um, how, yeah, how, you know, how far can I row in that amount of time? Um, how heavy can I, is, is, are the weights that I can lift now? Um, how many push-ups can I do? How many burpees can I do? And it was just, it's really nice to be doing it for fitness rather than as punishment <laughs> to myself. Um, or is there any kind of um, way of, 
you're more like in a healthier competition totally. with yourself than the self self-critical and it's positive I don't lose things I gain them and it's all about my gains now rather than my losses and um and and that's been a great kind of um a great change so um but it's taken a lot of a lot of work um I think it's also so easy to like get caught up in the, the stats but also comparing yourself to other people that's doing the same exercise as you uh so like for instance I don't know if I told you this story last time I saw you but uh I went to like a yoga class which my mate took me to and um it was it was in the city and it was like uh it was hot yoga so the room was like 40 degrees and I I'm not joking, like, I don't know where they get these girls from, but it was, like, the room was full, probably, like, the top 40 most attractive, flexible women in Edinburgh, in this, in this, in this really hot hall, and, like, I'm not, even, I'm not even kidding, like, when I was doing a downward dog, or whatever it's called, my toes were, like, brushing through this poor girl's hair behind me. Who looked like she was something out of like an Avon advert or something like that, which like, and then I never, I never went back to yoga until lockdown started and I'm doing like yoga live streams and things. So um, you can be like super hard on yourself just from like seeing, oh god, this this girl's putting her body into positions that look superhuman. Um, when I can yeah, touch yeah, my yeah. toes. And I think oh. that that is not just about exercise. I think that's about everything. And it's kind of, mm-hmm. you, we shouldn't be measuring ourselves based on other people, but rather our own progress. It's really hard to do that, to kind of stop and reflect on how far you've come. It's much easier to look at someone else, think that they've got everything perfect, that she's really good at everything, or he can do everything, and actually they can't, and they're dealing with their own things. So their own things exactly they might they might be looking at you being like oh I wish like I had this trait that they have or whatever so it's a bit of a like circle I guess and what it does actually with without comparing yourself to other people and it's something that we all do but the it only causes pain and (laughs) and it it doesn't benefit anyone at all rather having a conversation with someone about things and okay how how have you managed to do this how you know um what do you think about this opening up those dialogues I think that is so much more useful than just looking at someone and deciding that you know about them it's uh, mm-hmm. so so yeah. so true <laughs> just I love that <laughs> I love think, <laughs> thinking of that <laughs> you in hot yoga brilliant oh god no it was terrible i had to go tops off halfway through because i literally went purple i thought i was gonna pass out and then to make things worse they know exactly what they're up to the like lovely blonde instructor comes up to you while i'm like dying in a corner sipping on my water bottle and i sign up to like a package of like eight lessons or something which I which I'm still to which I'm still to use, but uh, hopefully they don't <laughs> expire. Oh God! But I'll have to look into that. Um, yeah. So, what 
kind of advice would you from from your personal obviously neither of us are trained therapists or anything but like personally what would your advice be to anyone that is hard on themselves I think it's really important as we said just just a minute ago that comparison isn't the way forward that's not what you need to be doing I think you need to look at the evidence reflect at on actually what you've achieved and how far you've come and I think that that's really important and recognizing that kind of everyone moves at their own pace that's okay or you know we're we're all reaching the same things it's just you know sometimes there are more steps for some people on different things different parts of the journey and um yeah I think it's it's really really difficult to not compare yourself to other people but I think that part of self-love and what self-love is is cutting people those kind of things those won't be it apps or um um, Instagram accounts or whatever it is whatever in your life is not making you feel good or is making you be more critical of yourself whatever's kind of whoever you're comparing yourself to you really need to consider whether you have a healthy relationship with that person or with that account do you need to delete that app um, do you need to block that person do you need to unfollow um, and those kinds of things are self-love I think far greater than you know, having a bubble bath. Because um, you're taking you're taking away like the exactly potential just damage. removing those toxic elements, um, and um, yeah, allowing yourself to 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 be you, and knowing that that's that's good, and people love you, and you don't need anything else. You don't need to look different. Um, you you you're doing good. Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned, uh, well, it kind of leads us into the next part of our chat. Um, something that you mentioned throughout your blog post was your relationship with uh, mm-hmm. with alcohol. Um, and I guess that was possibly, you kind of talk about it as being an emotional yeah. crutch um and you've recently not been drinking for a year uh which congratulations uh that that's that's awesome but also i wanted to say uh here that uh you're not like a recovering (laughs) alcoholic Uh, like i wanted to make that clear from the get-go but um i think you said some super important things within your post about alcohol and I know I'm coming up for being sober for uh, a year and my relationship with alcohol has dynamically changed and um, kind of what you were saying about like taking out things that and just taking out something that has the potential yeah. to cause more damage to your mindset to having a positive and I was kind of saying to people I'm so desperate to have a healthier mindset and get better and if I need to stop drinking then I'm gonna do it so I guess um how has your relationship with alcohol changed over the past year if I think about it in kind of the past two years 
so in the kind of lead up to me um having a a bit of a breakdown um and that burnout I was using wine after work it became I'd come home from work and I'd have a glass of wine immediately it was kind of like I can't relax I can't chill until I've had a glass of wine um it was like there was no other way to stop being at work and now be at home than to have a glass of wine um and it started out as just that and then you know and then I was thinking god I need a, I need a glass of wine I, I need that to be able to relax there's no other way I could possibly relax than to have a glass of wine um and then kind of looking over a week how much wine I'd drank and it's so normalized people make it seem like it's the most normal thing in the world to to get drunk after work to they they, they, they say it like oh you know it's G&T time or um, you know mum needs Prosecco or like the, these these kind yeah. of like norm, normalised toxic relationships with alcohol um, it's like uh, I think it's specifically without generalising like I think the UK does have a pretty bad rep for kind of that binge culture or going to okay. the pub after work or like um which unless you take a step back from and gets and don't get sucked into that kind of state of thinking then it is actually when it when you realize oh well i was what i was doing like i think people forget that alcohol's like a it's, it's, a, it's a drug but it's uh kind of and yeah exactly um which yeah. over time and over a lot of consumption yeah. it's gonna really it's a, have it's negative a depressant which we take when we're depressed um it doesn't make any sense mm. we feel <laughs> we feel crap we uh-huh. drink um like it's gonna somehow make us feel better and it only makes us feel worse and it, it costs i mean i think just thinking about it kind of logically in terms of numbers costs the nhs 3.5 billion pounds a year alcohol-related issues and just kind of thinking thinking about that for a moment especially in a time like this when we're going through the COVID-19 pandemic just I think we really need to get our priorities right and kind of reassess this toxic relationship we have with booze and I certainly I felt I couldn't relax without it I felt I couldn't have a good time with friends without it I felt that it almost wasn't see if you went to see a friend you always had a drink you always had a pint you always took a bottle of wine round to see a friend um and just to kind of now reflecting on that it's it's so normalized within our culture this kind of drinking for every occasion even if it's not even an occasion you know it's a wednesday lunchtime um (laughs) and um i just (laughs) I kind of got to a point where I'd tried to stop drinking several times. Um, and when I lived within a very small community, as did you, and um, I had tried to stop drinking several times and I would always get, get, get um, 
people making comments saying um asking if I was pregnant um and so to prove them wrong I'd have three yeah. tequila shots like you know like I needed to like <laughs> of any of their business why I wasn't drinking so um but I, I felt the pressure too and um I got to a stage where I just thought you know what why on earth am I still drinking alcohol I feel rubbish the next day and it's not just the physical pain it's a real anxiety what have I said to that person I thought that thing about them I really hope I didn't say it and maybe I did and maybe they're going to think I'm an awful person now and maybe they're not going to want to be around me and I think so many of us drink because we feel more confident after a couple of drinks feel like we're a better person yeah and we're not a better person at all. I've never met anyone who's been drunk that I've liked more than they I liked them when they were sober. There's never anyone who you're like, oh sober. yeah, no, he's um he's an absolute ass, but he's really nice when he's drunk. Like it's that that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't happen. So it's yeah. just kind of like okay, so why why am I doing this to myself? Why am I why am I abusing my body in this way? Why am I distressing myself in this way? I'm worrying about it constantly. And I, I've wanted to make this break. I've wanted to break up with alcohol for a long time. And I just got to a stage where I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm doing it. Um, and I told my husband, right, that's it. I'm not going to drink again now. That's me done. I'm breaking up with booze. Um, and... And I did. Mm -hmm. And it's been great, actually. Um, I don't regret it for a single second. There hasn't, there hasn't been any occasion that I've been to where I thought I would be enjoying this more if I was drunk. I need a drink. I can remember everything. Drunk. The yeah. only thing is, after about, most people have had about four drinks, they become completely useless at conversation. Um, <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's <laughs> not that funny. Um <laughs> But um, <laughs> so I usually escape once it gets to that point when someone asks me the same question for the fourth time. <laughs> fourth time. Oh, yeah, I can completely relate. But the other thing is, I was going to ask you, maybe you can, I don't know if it was similar for you, but for myself, definitely. It was almost like drinking was just kind of that escape. Like mm -hmm. I was feeling mm -hmm. so anxious all the time and so paranoid to the point where I wasn't the only times I wasn't was either when I was mm -hmm. drunk or asleep so it was like yeah. well I'll just drink and then all yeah. this stuff will go away it but hurts. then you wake up the next day and as you said like yeah it's in, in, intensified yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a real test actually so um a real close friend of mine um more than a friend really like family a mentor he's he was to me um he died in october and that was i think a real challenge for me because it was the first time i thought right i need i need a drink i need to drink right now because i was i was mm -hmm. hurting so much um and i i didn't i didn't drink um i really really wanted to um but i didn't and um i had to deal with my emotions instead and i cried and i was angry and i was upset and i 
felt so grateful that I'd had him in in my life. I had all these feelings, which I yeah, which is so much healthier exactly. than just numbing them I all. Feelings with feelings, I allowed yeah. them to manifest themselves, and I allowed myself to be upset and to cry, and um, to you know to think that things were very unfair, and that was that was okay. I began the grieving process immediately rather than numbing it and then having to deal with it so um yeah that was for me that was a real um that was the first time I'd faced any kind of major emotional challenge whilst I'd been sober um anything big had happened in my life um in which I would normally have drunk so um yeah that but it sounds like you managed it a yeah, lot, it was, a lot um, healthier. It was so much better. And I um, I think, yeah, grief is a funny one. Um, and it's something that kind of stays with you for a long time. It's not something you just feel better about. But I've, it's been so much better dealing with those emotions and allowing them and opening myself to them rather than numbing myself from them. I think I said it possibly before but it's like kind of like there's no emotion that's obviously you have negative and positive emotions but I think that it's super important to feel like every emotion and just being able to rationally and like process them in a healthy manner I think Um, which is what, what I wasn't doing at all like I was just wanting is, to be happy happy yeah, happy not all the sustainable time. Like, not exactly which is not realistic yeah um, I think that's a really important so, lesson as well just kind of reckon actually I feel really sad today and that's okay <laughs> I feel I feel bad and that's fine yeah yeah you're that, allowed to feel self-love whatever as well. feel. recognizing that and I'm 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 sad. I feel rubbish. I don't want to do these things today. And, and that's all right. It, kind of that self-acceptance and kind of, you know, saying to yourself, okay, you know, that's fine. You're allowed. You're allowed to feel sad. And I think a lot of people during this lockdown as well, it's such an emotional roller coaster. And yeah. I think allowing yourself to mm-hmm. feel rubbish some days is, is really important important especially because for the most part you're kind of yeah. in your own head for most of the time obviously you live with your husband yeah. and I live with my family but like you're kind of don't really have many yeah. escapes as such I guess like you can't easily yeah, yeah. be distracted totally. so I guess it kind of leads us into the next question which is um what healthier ways have you managed your emotions without drinking? Yeah, I talk I guess about we've them a lot. <laughs> I talk about how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I write down how I feel. I um, yeah, have just kind of allowed myself much healthier outlets, I suppose. Of... Yeah, and not feeling shameful about yeah. saying how you actually feel. Just... Being yeah, as open exactly. as possible is exactly. so healthy. And um, 
what advice would you give someone wanting to possibly change their relationship with alcohol i think that um even just thinking about it is a really positive step um and um i think that um you should try it and see how it goes um and there's actually quite a big um and active sober community online there are podcasts you can listen to there are books um, there are instagram accounts and i found it really positive surrounding myself with that when i don't have other sober friends near me to go to to you know because i still i love going to the pub um so to still you know go mm-hmm. to the pub with or um you know have go for brunch with or whatever but but without booze um i think that yeah it's well how what what did you think how how have you found it i found like i thought um from a male perspective i thought like going out with the the lads or whatever um was going to be really tricky yeah. and a little bit embarrassing uh, but I found actually that is not the case at all, and yeah. they're very supportive. And for the most part, I've never had to explain yeah. uh, explain myself to anyone. But similarly, like I find it the only thing I find frustrating is like being like I yeah. can't remember the last time I was in a nightclub, but being in a nightclub yeah. sober is just. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's not people, fun um, <laughs> yeah e- exactly um, I think but, it can, uh, what can be challenging and I've chatted yeah. to other sober friends about this um, it's kind of similar if you um, are vegetarian or vegan a lot of people I found um, especially if they're not necessarily friends but maybe acquaintances or people people that you know or come into contact with when a lot of people are curious about the reasons why you don't drink um and um it can be you know dull <laughs> explaining um why um and i think that um for anyone who um that might be a barrier to people who are thinking about going sober and who are thinking about breaking up with booze um yeah. Hopefully, though, I mean, potentially that will, like, come to a point where people won't ask because it's, I think yeah. it's less people are drinking. I think I don't know the statistic, but yeah, um, yeah, definitely. But it's like, I, like, I don't think as many people ask people straight up, oh, why are you vegan or like definitely not vegetarian because They're it's normalized. become such a you must, you must move in much nicer normalized circles. thing <laughs> called the Edinburgh boy oh. <laughs> 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 best cream, I'm just spent three months I'm so, I'm so naive um, <laughs> I think that um, I think that um, yeah you you know who your friends are because they will always be supportive of you. Mm. And if you need to get drunk around someone to be able to deal with them or for them to like you, then sure. they're, they're not your pals. Be I mean, I'm not them. worth your time. 
yeah and um it's about kind of like yeah that that person is toxic this is this is a boundary and you shouldn't be spending time with someone who you know will be critical of your healthy choices choices that are going to be positive for your mental health and so do you know what it's totally fine to to not spend time with that person um which kind of leads you back into self-love and taking away the toxic exactly and just allowing yourself space in which you feel comfortable to be you in a healthy way um I think that that's for me really that's what self-love it's is it's it's not you know all breathing techniques and yeah like I said bubble baths it's or buying yourself something nice um it's it's more radical than that and it's being really honest with yourself and setting boundaries and saying you know what I'm not going to have that in my life anymore because it's toxic yeah no that's super super interesting i think loads of people will be able to relate to that and kind of just like going into the final segment i guess um so obviously it sounds like you've come a long way and learned a lot about yourself in the past year or two years um kind of moving forward what advice would you of giving yourself oh, a year ago. A year ago to myself, I'd have said, girl, you've got this um, and you're going to be okay. Um, that's what I would have said. You're going to be okay. I think it's it does yeah. take time. It takes no time. quick fix. And you know this as well. And it's just a case of taking every day as it comes and knowing that, as we said, you're not always going to be happy and that's okay and good because <laughs> it'd be weird if you were um, and you're allowed to feel emotions and mm-hmm. you're allowed to be hurting and, you know, you're, you don't have to, you don't have to behave in a way which you think other people want you to behave. Um, doing things for myself has been really important, really important and kind of recognizing that I have to put myself first and everything else seemingly manages to work itself out then. Um, but yeah, I, I think putting yourself first is really important. And I'd say that to me, I'd say, look, just you do you, honey. <laughs> you do. You. Yeah. So such good advice for yourself, but also like for anyone that's listening and feels that they can, can relate like I know I definitely can so I'm sure hopefully um someone can take I on that advice so. or give it to someone that they know I hope so who might I think be needing as well like reading kind of surrounding yourself curating the the things that are coming into your uh, perhaps social media feed if you don't want to get rid of it completely curating that um, getting rid of anyone who makes you feel rubbish and following things that are you know perhaps body positive or are kind of based within the sober community or are kind of positive about mental health and the realities of that I think that all those things help you feel less alone and I think it's yeah as you said earlier it's a really lonely place having mental health issues and feeling like you can't talk about them um 
and kind of recognizing that you're not alone and there are a ton of people out there who are going through exactly the same thing um you don't want to you can't imagine anything Mm -hmm. outside of you when you're in that deep dark horrible place um but there are so many people um and yeah, I'd really recommend the book Lost Connections by Johan Hari for anyone who's kind of going through anything, um, any kind of mental health issues um, and wants to learn a bit more about the reasons why we might be feeling depressed or anxious. It's a really, really good book. I think I recommended it to you, actually. Good book. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. I read it in, uh, yeah. when I was on holiday last year. Yeah, it's good. What about, like, on the top of your head, obviously, like, have you got any kind of podcasts yeah, or I really recommend, Instagram um, accounts kind of that you would recommend? Um, I'm sure you're familiar with him as well. Um, anything that he writes yeah. Um, is, is pre- yeah, pretty fantastic. Um, again, suddenly you're like, God, he, I, we, I, I, I get it. <laughs> you get me. I get you. We had to, oh, I wasn't on my own yeah. all that time. I felt like I was the only person who'd ever felt that much despair. Um, and then you realise that you, you know, you're not on your own at all. Um, things like the there's um, the Sober Girls Society on Instagram is really worth a follow if you're looking for kind of um, sober positive stuff. Um, Proud and Sober as well is a really great um, account to follow. Um, and um, for anyone who's kind of trying to move away from dieting and calorie counting, the Fuck It Diet book is really worth um, a read as well. And you can follow her on Instagram too. So there are all these things out there that are available and you're not on your own. And there are lots of people who've been through the same thing you've been through. And it's enraged them so much that they've written about it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, they've yeah. channeled their energies into that. Um, and I think that you just got to take all the help you can get and not be too proud to, to ask for it. It's so important. And I think just lastly is uh, obviously <laughs> you and your husband are quite an adventurous couple. I mean, I mean, last year at this time you were touring around yeah. in a uh, <laughs> van that you'd renovated. What's keeping you busy and what are you getting um, up to during the current, current lockdown? So we had planned to drive to Croatia. <laughs> that was the plan, was to um, wow. yeah, start in Yorkshire, end in uh-huh. Croatia. Um, but instead, we are in lockdown in um, London. So um, I am actually, I'm being a student again. I'm about to um start my teacher training so i'm doing lots of prep courses trying to um get my head into english literature mode again so that i can be a secondary english teacher so um (laughs) i'm really um, feeling really positive about it actually um the organization that i'm going to be working with um talk a lot about mental health and ways in which to manage that I think that's really important as well um with kind of future employment and things kind of being quite open um, with your employers or with your school or university whoever you're going to be working with it's in everybody's best interests that there's an open dialogue about it and everyone wants you to succeed and wants you to stay in the role so to be able to kind of 
make clear that um, there are perhaps these triggers um, or perhaps these red flags that, you know, you're not managing with things. Um, opening up that dialogue, I think, is really important. And I'm glad that I've done that with the organisation I'm going to be working with. Because yeah. I think it's coming increasingly important, yeah. specifically with like in the education environment, mental health within the staff yeah. team and like senior management understanding their their teachers and their staff, but also yeah, between yeah. the the children yeah, too, noticing red flags. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been reading poems and <laughs> reading Lord of the Flies and um, getting my head around <laughs> Shakespeare again. So that's been fun. But yeah, also playing ukulele and Amazing. doing some yoga and some exercising and making dens in the living room, you know, the usual. Exactly. How are you staying busy? Keeping yourself busy. I am uh, trying to get back into the blog and yeah. the podcasting because it lost a bit of momentum, if I was being, being honest. Um, but I, I was meant to be doing... Uh, the yeah. Edinburgh Marathon, but obviously that's not happening anymore. So I'm just continuing yeah. going out for for little runs, and um, I don't know, filling my days up with really random things that I wouldn't necessarily do. Like I've Great. planted a, a veg patch. Um, I have. I'm looking into doing Maybe. an online beekeeping course. Of course you are. Uh, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like, I'm so I'm just into all these random things. I set up a like a <gasps> night camera and found That's otters so cool. the other night, uh, which was exciting. I'll have to send you the pictures. And um, yeah, just keeping busy. Been putting up CDs <laughs> in my bride's blossom to stop the pigeons from eating it. You know, just well, the usual please, things you got to do when you've got a lot of time. In I hand. absolutely love it. I really love it. I always feel happy when that email comes into my inbox to tell me that there's a new experience so please, please keep that up I love it <laughs> I'm so glad and thank you so much for having this conversation I'm sorry it was so very rambling so um, <laughs> but um I hope that some kind of sense could be made out of something somewhere and um yeah if anyone can yeah I'd love I'm the I'm the I'm the king of rambling, and as I said, I'm so new to podcasting. Like, but like initially when you were like, Do, "Have you ever listened to podcasts?" and I was kind of like, "No, it must be so obvious." Um, but I'm trying to get better, and I'm gonna try and get a bit You're more structure so and etc. etc. Et okay. I've, uh, I've loved this. I've loved it. I forgot we. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's I'm so great. I'm so thank glad. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah thank you nikki and i'll if it's okay if it's okay with you um like i'll link your instagram like yeah. obviously i said like we're not uh therapists yeah, or anything that maybe someone absolutely. might want to reach out yeah and totally share something with you but, uh, thank you my but dear. take Have it easy and enjoy the rest of your day bye bye <laughs>